Hello and welcome to The Don Father, a family podcast about National Football Club who is sitting comfortably inside the top four, having won three of the first four games of the year. And I guess you could say it was a giant upset, uh, but I don't think it actually was much of an upset. GWS are pretty, pretty pussed this year. But, Maddie, we've won another one. We've won more games in the first four weeks than we did in the first, uh, like, 15 rounds of last year. How does it feel? Feels good. Feels good. And you know what feels better? The fact that uh, for, for once in a, in a long time, or I shouldn't say that, I should say, um, as is often not the case, it is more than you and I this afternoon. We're filming in the afternoon. Uh, thank you very much to uh, the Heavenly Father above for giving us a public holiday. But uh, we have got Kinnersley on the line. He's zooming in to the uh, recording today, and it is fantastic to have a third member of the party. Welcome, Kinnersley. And he has gone off the air. We, we've <laughs> we got some technical difficulty, I think. Well, we can just... Uh... Roll with this until he jumps back on, but his internet is is quite. I think his satellite has gone down. I mean, it's had some bad weather today. Might have got some rain on the satellite. Uh, that's not good. Ah oh, well. So Kinsley will get here when he gets here, uh, given his internet troubles. But we'll see how we go. We can jump in with the intro. So, Maddie, how did you feel the game went overall? I just got. I'll say one thing. We have got internet. Uh, sorry, we've got robots that can literally pass very complicated medical exams, diagnose conditions, but we cannot get reliable Wi-Fi. You got to be kidding me, Bill. But <clears throat> some things. The more things change, the more they stay the same. But uh, I don't want the I don't want the pod to get political. But let's just say the NBN has been a bit of a shit show from the time that it started to get rolled out and to where we are now. It is, uh, it's been very poor. Yep. I will blame it on the Liberal government as we blame everything. But uh, look, the game itself, uh, yeah, it was well. Actually, I'm not going to say it was all good, but I am once again pleased uh, at the fact that uh, we were able to come out with a win. I was a bit worried. I was pretty frustrated at times. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, I think a bit like last week, if it was 12 months ago, last week or the Gold Coast game, probably thinking of the Gold Coast game, if it was uh, 12 months prior, Ben Rutten in the coaching box, we'd probably lose that game. Um, but uh, nonetheless, we found a way to come out on top. Well, that's the thing, right? That the big the big talking point from the game, and, and we can look at it as, as a very big negative, is our poor finishing in front of goal. And uh, Brad Scott said in his press conference that it was more about poor shot choice than it was about execution. But absolutely, last year and in previous years, we would have lost that game. Whether it was by a couple goals or a few points or whatever, our defensive setup was such that we would have not taken our opportunities and then the other team would have had a period of dominance and they would have run down and put on three or four goals and then we would have struggled to catch them. And we would have left that ground if we'd gone feeling like, geez, what an undeserving loss and incredibly frustrated. It's pretty much exactly how the Western Bulldogs game went in the final in 20, 
21, where we had a period of really big dominance, didn't put the goals on the lo- on the board, and then they kicked two or three in a quick ones in a row, and the game kind of snowballed from there. So it's it's pleasing for me that we were able to continue to dominate the game in all areas apart from the scoreboard and manage to grind out a win on a day where that that scoreline is probably, I think, the worst I've ever seen in Essendon team kick. Uh, in recent memory, it is. Um, although, I dare say, it's not the first time we've... Um, well, I, I certainly remember occasions where we uh, had more scoring shots but managed to lose. Um, and I, I do feel there were quite a few last year, um, but no. Look, I, full, full full credit to uh, to everyone involved. Um, got the job done. Um, a few guys who underperformed from a execution standpoint, um, but then I think we're gonna have a couple of likes today. Uh, and one, it's gonna be one man. I, I don't know if he's on your like list, but he's on my like list, and it's good to have him back on there. I've given up hope. But he showed us something on the weekend and you just thought, good to have you, buddy. So we'll get into that. But uh, no, look, pleasing win, a win we should get. uh, But I don't think it actually tells us yet as to where we are exactly at. Mm, yeah, look, Brad Scott said in his press conference, we haven't played anyone that played finals last year to date. Uh, And so, I mean, we'll talk about it when we get to the preview. The next four weeks is going to be really interesting because we've got some very, very difficult games coming up. But look, to be three and one with the four games that we had to start of the to start the season, I'm relatively happy. Uh, I would have preferred four and zero given who we had to start with, but you know we could have very easily been one and three or two and two, or even zero oh and four. We didn't really know what to expect coming into the season, and to to win three quarters of our games thus far. I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, I think we, we've done exactly what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, we could have very easily dropped any... Well, maybe not the Hawthorne game, right? Like, that would have been, like, sack the coach type disaster to drop the Hawthorne game. But we could have very easily dropped the Gold Coast game. We could have very easily dropped the GWS game in addition to dropping the St Kilda game. So, look, I'm, I'm really, really pleased. So, Maddie. I think we have the same like straight off the bat, uh, but hit me with it. Well, Mr. Heppel, mm. uh, look, couldn't have been easy for him to swallow the pill of uh, being the sub, uh, I'm sure, in his junior years. It is probably the first time in his whole football career where he's been someone who isn't starting bona fide big minutes. You know, team mm. depends on you. Uh, from all reports, from what Brad Scott said, took it with a, a fantastic attitude. But what pleased me more was seeing him come on and somewhat show the Heppel of old uh, and what it seems like uh, display, uh, you know, in the uh, the locker room and, you know, in the, in the, in the uh, huddles and all that sort of stuff, uh, the attitude that's needed for team success. So... Mm. Uh, yeah, big like, both from a performance standpoint, but also from a hearing about the way he's approached it. And I think it just shows the quality person mm-hmm. he is. Mm-hmm. Um, the team first approach, right? Yeah, yeah. Look, there's a lot of guys of his ilk, of, you know, had the career that um, he's had. 
albeit interrupted by you know uh, something that was not his own doing. Um, yeah. Who would be throwing the towel in and cracking the shits? Mm. Um, but you know, it doesn't seem that he's he's doing that. So yeah, um, it pained me to say last week that I thought he was done, but I think he's given me and I was happy to prove him wrong. Uh, but he has given me a bit of a up yours. And said, yeah, it's um. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. That's a bit interesting because I I don't remember if I said it on the pod, maybe just in our in our chat group, but um, you know, I thought all he needed to do was clean up his disposal, and his woeful games go from being woeful to being actually useful, and um, contributing games overall, right? So it's just it's just I think he um he got that part of his game cleaned up and he had re- 100% disposal efficiency across his, I think, 18 possessions. I think he had a really good game. I was really pleased with him. Uh, and great to see him on Easter Sunday rise from the dead and return <laughs> to the Dyson Heppel that we know really well. We've seen that um, that use of that gag uh, multiple times on this show uh, around this holiday. So well done there. You, you slid it in. You're yeah. waiting to that. Um but yeah, for me, it wasn't just the the fact of his disposal efficiency. I, I thought last week he really looked slow. I, I thought he he looked so slow, and just like the pace of the game had gone past him. Yeah, um, but he sort of showed. Yes, yeah, so albeit I don't think he was perfect. I do think he uh, it may have been a couple of dropped marks or something of that nature where you just go, "Oh, come on, you got to take them." But uh, no, nah, look, um, happy, happy, happy for him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So speaking of rising from the dead, he's here. He's made it. The internet is working again. Kinnersley, welcome. Hit us with your first like. Uh, my first like. Well, my first like is that it's good to be back. Mm. It's uh, I was one and done in mm. the origin of the pod. And then didn't Did you not get on last uh, year? No, not at all. I don't think so. Ah, uh, right. there you go. So a vicarious contributor but no my first like uh my first like and if you'll indulge me i'll go back to the saints game this might seem a little strange but Mm. you guys alluded to it the ability to see an essendon team figure out problems and actually yeah we didn't win right but yeah they sucker punched us early we couldn't really deal with their zonal structure and pressure but we started to figure out the problem. And yeah, it, look, it took everything they had to get back to even and then we lost. But to see a team not just roll over and go, hey, look, it's not our day, it doesn't matter that it was off the back of a couple of fluky goals. It doesn't matter. We were there. Hmm. Uh, and then to see them, you know, really happy yesterday, uh, Zach Merritt, Captain Zach, straight after the game, big smile on his face, loving it. It's a hmm. little bit different really, to the uh, the Essendon that we've seen in the last few years. So, Yeah, I agree. Just good. And and it was true yesterday that Essendon didn't get discouraged by the poor kicking and stayed in the game, stayed relevant, didn't let GWS get too far ahead, and then were able to uh, arrest the momentum again and kick away. And really, the two late goals were disappointing from GWS to to bring the margin back. But in, if we look at that game, take the scoreboard out of it, we should have really won that by about seven goals. Um, so pleasing to get away with a win. Um, I mean, some work to do on the kicking. But yeah, I agree. I like Essendon's ability to adjust mid-game and get control back uh, when it starts to be going against us. 
Maddie, hit me with another one. But I, sorry, I apologize. I thought we just uh, lost Kin there, but uh, like of the game, uh, look, gotta say, was very pleased with Nick Martin. Mm. Two really good uh, games in a row. I agree. You know what? I'm going to say it, and apologies because I, I hadn't planned to bring this up on the show, but I'm going to scroll. Those who are coming after Dodoro, I'm just going to say he has made some unbelievable recruits out of nothing, like diamonds in the rough. I reckon we, we look. We probably have talked about it before on this show, but let's uh, let's let's have a look at it. I'm going to I'm going to roll out some names. You tell me how influential they were uh, yesterday. Andrew Phillips. In fact, yep. you can probably this this is all one line. I said Nick Martin, but I'm going to put them all out there. Andrew Phillips. We got yep. him for, for, for peanuts. Will Setterfield. Setterfield. We got him for peanuts. Mm-hmm. Nick Martin wasn't even drafted. Mm-hmm. Sam Durham wasn't wanted in the draft. We got him mid-year. Mm-hmm. Brandon Zerk Thatcher picks 70. Mm-hmm. Mind you, he's taking a bit of time, but that's okay. Good things take time. Uh, and Draper came through the rookie draft. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I think he, he still has some growth left in him, but uh, he's Already a solid AFL ruckman. Uh, yeah, add on top of that, some other good finds. I think John Menzi had 17. Um, Dan Brosie, obviously, uh, well, wasn't good enough last week, but um, has shown signs that he's certainly capable of being an AFL player. And mm. Will Snelling had a very, very good day in the VFL. You'd think he probably comes into the side at some stage. I don't know when. And that probably shows the strength of the side at the moment because someone like a John Menzi doesn't, uh, doesn't go out in my head. So... We, we, we criticise Dodoro and go, well, how, and maybe there's some politics behind it and, and this and that, and that's another conversation. But his ability, or perhaps it's someone in his team, but uh, his ability to find something out of nothing mm. has got to be up there with the competition. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's been the criticism around Dodoro. I think the criticism around, around Dodoro has been uh, missing a few early picks that um, that we've had in the past. But having said that, I don't think he's missed too many in recent years. Um, you know, McGrath is playing really good footy again and he's probably the only one left where they think, oh, should we have taken... Uh, should we have taken... Who's a Brisbane guy? What's his name? McCluggage. McCluggage. Yeah, McCluggage over McGrath. Um, McGrath's been played maybe... out of position for the last two years, though. Like, I agree. And I don't, yeah, and I don't know why we have this obsession and we've talked about this constantly off the pod of taking players who are elite at a particular position, though it may be undervalued in the glitz and glamour of modern AFL football, say a halfback, just a really mm. good halfback. And we go, yeah, but we can turn them into a midfielder. We've seen Andrew yep. McGrath, you know, is is not going to be that A-grade midfielder, but as a halfback in combination with the other players, really effective. So why mm. don't we just go, great, you are going to be one of the best in the competition in collaboration with the other defenders and just let them go. And then mm. you can see he's already enjoying it. So, I like, there's so many different aspects of football teams that, that can change. And, I mean, speaking of depth, you look at Hobbs had, what, 20-something and a couple yesterday. Voss mm. has not kicked less than three or four, if I'm, if I'm recalling the stats. And this is He, without... he kicked one he's four not, yesterday. He's not had under know. five scoring shots. Yeah, yeah, he's going well. And that was yesterday was without a huge impact from any sort of big forward with Wiedemann going out and Harry Jones, I think, having mm-hmm. what it seems lost a little bit of confidence. So 
finding ways to win is a real positive when you don't rely on... We basically played without a tall forward yesterday. Mm, mm. And look, I'm I'm with you. I'm, I'm really pleased, particularly with Setterfield. I mean, he only had 21 yesterday, uh, but he had seven tackles. And the, the difference that makes to our midfield, where last year it, it appeared like we didn't want to chase and tackle, just incredible from Setterfield. So really, really happy with, with that as a pickup. And again, really happy with McGrath. He's making good decisions. His disposal is really good once again. You know, Andrew McLeod, late in his career, went to halfback and really changed the way that you played as a halfback flanker. And I don't see why we needed to change McGrath from a halfback flanker as as a number one pick and try and turn him into a midfielder when we've got enough on the list and he can just play his natural game and really shine in that role. Wanganeen won a Brownlow for us off halfback. So I don't see why uh, McGrath can't be you know, uh, equal to his number one pick billing and have that type of career from halfback. I think it's ludicrous to suggest that he can't. To in the uh, with the risk of taking too much luxury, another like for the last couple of weeks. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but to the eye test, and I don't have the stats in front of me, but I've really actually enjoyed watching Dylan Shield play, and it yeah. seems like it seems like with a little bit of. Uh, more clarity or perhaps freedom about the role. His run and carry and gun, kicking that goal last week uh, was mm. excellent. It just seems like we're seeing more of the Dylan Shield that we actually thought we were getting uh, in that particular area, which has been really good. He looked he looked a step ahead of the opposition yesterday. There were several times when... There were players in front of him and he was going from a standing start and he would literally just run past them and evade them and get around them. And he looked to have time and space that I had never seen from him before. So I think, I agree with you. I'm really happy with Dylan Shields' start to the year. And I think some clarity around his role and some clarity around the rest of the team means that he can actually just, like everyone else, play to his strengths, right? I was, yeah, I'm glad you brought him up. I, I think he's had a, cracking start to the year. What do you have? 28, uh, 15 kicks and three tackles. So didn't hit the scoreboard like he has in previous weeks, but geez, he looked good, didn't he? Mm. So I'm just going to add to that previous conversation. Anthony McDonald, Tim Woody, another one that he found out of nothing. But uh, on Shield, I think he, he's been... He's sort of dropped the mantle of... Okay, so... In 2017, when he or 18, whenever he walked in, uh, there was like, "This is it. This is our guy. This is the guy. This is the missing piece. Mm. This is the missing piece." Um, and to be fair, at that at that time, he potentially would have been, because yeah. we had a really good forward line with uh, Waller, Danaher. We had um, uh, Fantasia. We had a really solid attacking half back line. The list was in a really strong position and ready to explode from there. I think. Yeah, we certainly had uh, uh, other issues, but it was like this is our guy. This is the big body mid we've been looking for, mm. uh, and I was like, okay, this is our guy. And uh, he sort of, I think, came in with that. That means that he was good for a year, and then he's had some injury troubles and, and some other. You know, had some. Um, uh, I think he got suspended for three weeks. Like he, he, he just had injury or interrupted years, and then obviously there was a year where Merritt and Parish really took over. And mm. um, 
I think this is the first year where he said, or he's had someone say to him, because I think last year as well, under truck, they tried to play him at half forward. They tried to play him on that. Like he just couldn't really settle in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where, where he belongs, which is on ball. But I think with Brad Scott, he sort of came in and said, look, Dill, we don't need you to be Superman. We don't need you to do anything flashy. Mm-hmm. We don't need you to be, you know, who, who, you know, maybe they thought you were when you came in and that you were going to carry the club or whatever. We just need you to do this, this, and this and give us your natural flair. Mm-hmm. Defend the ball. Um, make good decisions. Be really sharp with your kicking because that's probably what's letting you down. Mm. Um, and the rest will look after yourself. Bring all the flair you've got. And you don't, mm. all right. Doesn't look like he's, it just looks like he's being himself yep. and very comfortable doing that. And by, um, you know, sort of ramification, he is stepping into that, you know, in, if, not to say he's been our best player, I think that's been shared across a number of, of players, but he's sort of stepped into like what we think he can be. He's been the point of difference, the explosive player yeah. that uh, that he was not able to be given they were expecting too much of him. Um, and I've really enjoyed his start to the year. Absolutely. Uh- yeah. Well, I think what Matty just said sort of is the point, right? It's being the exact point of this year is that it's being shared. We don't, yeah, we had that one year where Parrish was unplayable for ages, and but that also meant you took away Parrish, then the other couple had to find their way. Yeah. The fact now is all of them merits playing with a new lease of life, and there's discussion around you know what giving someone the captaincy can do and really focusing them and mm. uh, bringing in a new coach, one with experience and runs on the board and a clear vision. But uh, I think that is the point, that it's really being shared. And we we continue to go down the the list of names that are highly touted that aren't even playing. You've got Reed Cox, who haven't been cited due to multiple reasons. So the, the depth that they're building in the in the squad seems to be impressive. Now, what that will bring is, is yet to be seen. But mm-hmm. to see those players that can roll through the midfield is really, really exciting. Um, you could interchange mm. a couple of those and still have a positive outcome. That's interesting because the one I'm the most excited about uh, under Brad Scott is Nick Cox because there was times over the last couple of years where he just looked absolutely confused with what... And he like, lacked all confidence and didn't know... To me, it seemed like he didn't know what he should have been doing. And so I actually don't care where he plays when he comes back. I'd, I'd like to see him sort of in Langford's half-back role. But if if the rest of the team is anything to go by, having some clarity around what his job is and having some really clear instruction of what he's supposed to do, I think we might actually see Nick Cox perform in a way that we're all dreaming of when we first saw him burst onto the scene. He got nominated for the Rising Star playing off the wing, though, right? When he, That's right. When he first came on. And so... I mean, you just want to see, I think of what you're alluding to, and I would agree with, is whatever you whatever you want to see them do with him, you want to see him get some consistency in it so that he has a home and so he can yes. start to learn his craft. Otherwise, being thrown forward, back, half-back, wing, it's it's not not great. Uh, mm. You know, His run and carry up the wing and his delivery inside 50 in his first year had us wondering, you know, what's the ceiling for this kid. So, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, we need to see some some real plans for them. And I I think it seems like building off the plan that the team has, it's probably going to be a positive. Yeah, and I think we all agree that that clarity of role, 
from what we've seen so far, has been a real, real turning point. So, as we start to wrap up this segment, I want to hit us with uh, my biggest like of all, and that is 60-metre torpedoes on the run Uh from Jake Stringer. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you Oh, I'm assuming you had nothing to add to that, but or you will after this, but if that didn't go through, I would have been so angry. Particularly if I was a teammate and I was playing on that day, I would have been so pissed off if that didn't go through. Yeah, but you know what? But it went in. It went through, so it doesn't matter. Oh. Um. You know, this is the thing. This is the thing. We were just talking about this offline about Joe Danaher and why we're better off without him. Because Joe Danaher so rarely delivers in the manner that Jake Stringer does. And I mean, that's why he's the package. Um, so it's... And and you would forgive some petulance. You would forgive some lack of concentration if he produced on the regular the things that Jake Stringer did. Um and when it comes off, it wins you games. And Jake Stringer, I think, is the only player on our team to date that can create s- such opportunities and turn games on his own boot. And he certainly did that for us. He got us over the line yesterday, for sure. Yeah, look, I think... Um, I think... With Jake, he... Um, it's a funny one, because... He can kick them, but he, he he can also miss some real gimmies, and that well, it's sort of frustrating. Or um, in and I suppose this is this is a bit of that. You know, if you if you got like a genius friend, right? Mm. But he's also crazy. You're like mm. this guy's a genius, but you, you know you have to take all the craziness with him because you're like mm. you don't get the genius without the craziness. That's sort yep. of a bit like Jake, like. Yep. He can do some miraculous things, like do some absolutely ridiculous things. But he can also do some absolutely ridiculous things. Um, <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? So it, it's, it's um, you know, and to kick 4-6, you're like, how many more of them were gettable? But also how many of them should he just not have even had a go at in the first place? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know, although I, I wasn't counting and it just seemed he was popping. I didn't realise his score tally got to that. Uh, and, I, you know, I was same thinking over however many games. But, yeah, he's a strange... I, I think he is a bit more reliable than Joe Danaher was uh, and, and offers more, does some different stuff. I think um, Brad Scott also talked about his defensive presence. We all know uh, Joey D probably lacked a bit in that department. But, um, yeah, he just... He's, he's your genius slash crazy mate that uh, you've just got to take for all their in all their glory. Do you know what kids don't remember? The shots Jake Stringer missed. Do you know I what? Ev- Do you know what everybody will remember? Is once his career is done and dusted, and we talk about Jake Stringer, remember that day he kicked a sixty-meter barrel to seal the game against GWS. <laughs> It's ridiculous, but I will, I will say this, right? Because we we are blessed he that we do have thirty percent of our points. Yeah, he did. He kicked thirty points, and we yep. scored eighty-eight off the top of my head. Yep. So that's more than thirty percent. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. I will say this: we, we we have another. We're very blessed with another forward on the list, uh, in Anthony McDonald, Tippin and Woody, who are uh, well, maybe not at the moment, but at one stage in his career. 
had the same sort of capabilities, right? Like could do some yeah. really miraculous things. Mm. But I am very, very, very confident if Tipper takes a mark 30 metres out directly in front, it's he's going to nail it. I just don't get that same confidence with Jake. No. So. No, I agree. Yeah. But um, so, certainly when he's on, he's on. So the one final like from me is our defensive structure absolutely smashed GWS. They had long periods of possession where they just could not find someone to kick to and could not gain any ground. And really all their goals came in a couple of small bursts. But our defensive system, I think yesterday, was incredible. Yeah, look, I... I, um, I, I, I due to the logistics of uh, Easter Sunday, I did uh, get... Uh, I, I couldn't analyse the game perhaps as in-depth in as you did, despite the fact I was watching along. Uh, but, uh, of course, family uh, comes first. So, um, Not for me. Footy comes first. <laughs> well, hey, there's, uh, you know, someone's got to do that. But, um, yeah, in, in it's for me, it's a bit like the Hawthorne one, where it's like, were we that good defensively or were they just kind of shit? I don't know if I can say that live on air. But uh, were they just kind of a bit poo? No, I think... I, I think our form in that regard has been franked. I think we have our system is is improving and it is it is decent at this stage. It's not it's not where we want it to be, but I think I think it's improving. Yep. And Ken, you were saying that your brother watched it live, right? That is correct. Uh, he went to the game. Uh, it was meant to be my nephew's first Essendon game. Unfortunately, the little scoundrel is a Brisbane Lions supporter, but we will leave that to the side. Um, we'll work on him. We'll work on him. But no, yeah, my 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 brother went, uh, and similar to Maddie, I watched it on TV, not live. Um, would have loved to have gone, but he, his comments were that the defensive structure, zonal structure, coming off. Uh, and meeting the opposition was really good, uh, seemed a lot more settled, and that Brandon Zirk Thatcher was excellent live, which I think is a really good mm. comment because sometimes key backs or such can get plastered when you only really see them on TV. You don't mm. get to see them do that much or what they do off the ball and how they close down space or time for opposition players and how they alter the decision-making of players coming inside 50. So to hear that's really good. Uh, for generations, we've heard that big men take time. So I don't know why we're surprised when they take time. So, mm. you know, let, by all accounts, you know, keep having more good games. And mm. uh, hopefully what we're seeing is Essendon Football Club you know, being able to deal with some of these different zonal structures that never really went away, but I think have come back in a big way uh, and also developing one of our own, I think is really positive. Mm. I think we see our football club coming into the 21st century. Mm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Mm. Really, really pleased. Really pleased. Yep. So I think we've waffled on about our scrappy win more than enough. Why don't we take a little bit of a break and when we come back, we can jump into... Uh, we can all gather round and discuss gather round.
Well, my friends, it is round five. Gather round and let's talk about this gather round that is happening in Adelaide. Uh, I like the concept, to be honest. If I was a uh, man who did not have a young child, I would probably have made a trip over to Adelaide to uh, to experience a bit of footy, make a weekend of it, watch a couple games, uh, catch the Bombers Melbourne game. But um, yeah, I'm not. I, I quite like the concept. Where are you guys at with it? I understand it from a business uh, economic uh, standpoint, um, and also I'm assuming the AFL's grand plan is to move it to say a Sydney or a Brisbane to try and uh, rattle the tins over in those states and grow the game there. But um, mm. no, look, I, I, I understand it. I'll, I'll be, yeah, like it appeals to me. But what, what I have a, an issue, uh, look, this is going to be, I'm going to steer away from footy, but I, I, it doesn't actually appeal to me enough to pay the overpriced flights and accommodation to go. So mm. the actual value for it, and maybe it's just because Look, and then we're not tipped to win a premiership. We're not, uh, you know, it's not exactly tipped to be like, oh, this is a big game for us. Mm. Um, and I don't know if Adelaide's that much of a draw card for me in that I'd overpay to go. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what, what happens. I have, you know, know of a few people who are going. I'm sure you two are the same where it seems like, okay, this is going to work, but. I wonder if that'll be the case over the years once the sort of novelty of it's worn off and it's like, okay, it's, it's sort of nothing. Yeah, look, it's going to take a couple of years to really get going, but I, I like the concept that you can have one round a year where you can plan, you know, with your footy mates, whoever they are, a weekend away. You don't necessarily have to go and watch their team play, but you go, you're going to watch your team play. You're also going to go, like in Adelaide, you might go to the Barossa and, and drink some wine or you might, see some of the other sites. I don't know, Rundle Mall, <laughs> whatever, whatever's going on in Adelaide. But I, I you know, particularly Sydney and, and Brisbane, you could um, make, certainly make a weekend of it for sure. Mm. Anyway, this is, uh, it's not a, it's not, well, a, it's not a raise tourism. outdoors or whatever. The, what's the show called? Great outdoor adventure. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Let's, uh, let's have a chat about the game. Essendon, Melbourne. This is the beginning of a run of four very difficult games for us. Uh, how do you see this one going? I think if um if we're going to get Melbourne, I'm happy we're getting him at Adelaide Oval and not at the MCG. Me too. Me too. So yeah. if there's any time for us to get him, which I don't think we will, um, mind you, I don't think I, I didn't go into I haven't gone into any game confident, and I won't do that for 23 weeks uh, plus finals if we play them. But uh, I, I certainly give us the best chance we would have against Melbourne. Uh, it would be this week because we're not mm. playing in Melbourne. So, mm. um, yeah. They haven't looked that good, to be honest. Like, I watched their game yesterday, or, or big chunks of it, and they got the job done, but they didn't look that impressive, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I've, at, at work, uh, we have a, a whiteboard there and, you know, premiership predictions and uh, all that sort of thing. Oh, here comes, uh, just looking on the screen there, comes young Nick G., Ali Gentile, sorry, that's a distraction there. You can probably hear her on the uh, on, on the, the airwaves, point. but um, yeah, I uh, don't. I think just good teams are good teams. Like you don't always have to think, oh wow, they're so dominating. Yeah. Um, to see, it, particularly who they were playing, um, did they have to do anything flashy? Probably not really. 
Um, so. I think what I like about our chances, and again, I'm with you, I don't think we win this game, but what I like about our chances is if we can bring the ball to ground in the forward line, they're not going to waltz it out like they have in the past. Uh, and their, their game plan relies on Lever and May intercepting the ball. And if we can stop them from doing that, as we've shown we are better at this year, I think we're in with a chance. I think our clearance work is better, and I think our team defence is better. So they're not going to get out over the top uh, like they have previously. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I just uh, just getting distracted there by your child. Uh, she looks like she is uh, using the rumpus room as a jungle gym, and she comes explores, gets herself on camera, and I wish you could show this to the viewers. Uh, she is oh, she looks happy as Larry to be here. So am I, Bill, but. Um, yeah, look, we'll see. Uh, I think I'm, I'm happy we've got them in Adelaide and not at the MCG. I'll say that. Kins, what are you? What's your thoughts? This sounds like an absolute cliche, and you know what I'm about to trot out, but I just <sighs> want to see us create a contest and keep trying for the whole however many minutes it goes for. At the mm. at the risk of getting very philosophical about it. Uh, as humans, we tend to uh, applaud what finished well, not what was done well, and we tend to attack what ends badly, not what was done badly. So mm. I would like to see us compete. For, I do not expect us to win, and I'm and I'm hope I'm proved wrong, but I want to see them compete for the whole time because calling a spade a spade in the last two years, we would have expected us to have a crack for the first couple of centre bounces, get smacked up, and then just roll over and. See what, see what happens. I, mm. I want to see us applaud what is done well, and I want them to try and play to their best. You can play well and lose. That's yeah. And if we play to our potential, we always have the option of winning, but Melbourne are a good side. And mm. you know, we're, we're, we beat the Giants by 13 points. Let's not, <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves, but mm. that's what I want to see. I want to see them compete and not just compete, but I want to see them compete as best they can for as long as they can. Mm, no, I agree. I agree with you. And look, I think I think it's going to have to be probably our best performance. Well, it will certainly have to be our best performance of the year to win against Melbourne. Uh, and our engine room, it'll show the growth of our engine room with Setterfield in there. If we can get on top of them at clearances. And then ultimately, we've got to take our chances uh, because they're not going to give us too many is going to be really important this year because I think this is a very even year overall. Mm. So we had great percentage in the, in the first couple of rounds. I think we're about 127-odd now. We can't mm. let that start to get eaten away because that could be a real boon for us later in the year if we keep these games close and keep winning. Yeah, agree, agree. If we, if we stay around the 120, 130% mark, that puts us in a real good stead later in the year when we're probably sort of 9 and 11 and, you know, looking for uh, to sneak into the eight if at all, if we get that close. Yeah, I, I don't know if I... In the, the vision of pulling ourselves out of mediocrity, I don't know if I'll accept just, oh, we competed hard. Um, mm. Look, I do think they are the better team. But we actually, I think we actually match up okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Considering that they only have Grundy to ruck, so we may get an advantage there because we know that uh, Phillips likes to put Grundy in his pocket. Uh, and then Draper, <laughs> he does, actually. And then we've got <laughs> yeah. Draper that can get off the lead, or get off the leash, I should say. Um, 
Yeah, I think I'm with you, Matthew. I think we match up okay. I think uh, if we can get Setterfield to match Oliver in the big body stakes, we've got Stringer that can match Petrarca in the forward line. There, I think we match up okay. We've got the quality on the outside in Martin and Durham to match their wingers. It's really, I think, this game comes down to, can we bring the ball to ground in the forward line and keep it in the forward line? If we can, then I think we're a big chance. If we can't, then I think they beat us comfortably. May yeah, we see the last couple of weeks. Is that correct? He missed. Uh, a, he missed a few games. He's he played last yesterday, but I don't I know if he's so. if if he's under a cloud. Yeah, I think the wings actually might be where their point of difference is. Uh, you know, uh, Langdon and uh, Lucky Hunter are two quality players. Um, Oliver probably better player than Setterfield, but it'll be interesting to see what Setterfield produces there. Um, and then you know, Merritt Parish Shield. Um, I'd say are up there with with Melbourne's next best. If you take, if you say that Petrarca is probably going to play more forward than he does mid, I don't know how we compete with him if he does go in the mid. And they've got Clayton Oliver in there. I think he could do some damage, but um, not known for his endurance mm. normally. But they, yeah, dare say that that could be one to monitor. But I'd be interested to see if they do go a stringer in there at times to go head to head with Petrarca and or a, or even an Archie Perkins. So. Um, the yeah, I wonder if we'll see a bit of a shake-up to that, but I think the wings could be the, the point of difference and their tools. I think Lever and May will be too good for our tools, especially if Wiedemann isn't playing. Wiedemann's definitely going to be out. Uh, you reckon that's definitely concussion? But, well, it's 12-day protocol. Yeah, um, but was it confirmed concussion? Well, uh, yeah, I guess we'll find out in the next couple of days. Yeah, um, so I think Harry Jones, um, he'll get in alive by... Stephen May or, or Jake Lever. Uh, so what you're saying know. is, got to bring Voss in. Yeah, well, uh, I, I would I, love I, I, to I, see Voss just run through Steve May. Or... <laughs> I'll say this: before I heard Brad Scott's press conference, um, I thought he's got to come in. Is this obvious? But I, I actually like Brad's approach, um, in which to say, no, when he comes in, I want him to play, be playing all the time not just come in and out. And I actually yeah. like that a lot because that shows uh, it is better for his development, although frustrating because you do want to see him at AFL level. Hmm. And I'm sure he wants to be playing at AFL level. But I do like the idea of, no, just bide some time, hmm. really get good. And he's been very good at, at VFL level. But um, we'll see. He might, we might be forced on a personnel basis just to put him in. Hmm. Um, There's certainly... Uh... There's certainly one thing that we can't do against Melbourne, which is the what you're talking about. Lever, May, and their aerial dominance is blaze away in a mm. small aspect like what we did against GWS, where the ball came mm. in high and long. We got it to ground. Hey, look, we got a ton of scoring shots, but that approach will hurt us badly if we mm-hmm. start that. So, I mean, and that's obvious. If we can see that, then Brad Scott and the Brains Trust can see that. So what you want to see there is us match them running-wise in the midfield, get the ball, lower the eyes, got to get people on the lead, not bombing mm-hmm. it in. Uh, that's just not mm-hmm. going to work for us against their elite back line. Oh, yeah. I agree. I won't lie, I haven't also loved... ranked the worst in the competition for losing the ball out of one-on-one contests in our attacking 50. So what that tells us is that we have to find a different way to get the ball inside 50. It's not probably not going to be one-on-one contests. If we haven't been able to do it against the teams we've played, then we're not going to be able yeah. to do it against Melbourne. So there's going to have to be something else. Yeah, I think that's I think that's more a personnel issue. Like you think we haven't had 
uh, Peter Wright in. Wiedemann's missed functionally three games. Um, we, you know, Harry Jones is young and developing. Stringer missed the first couple. So yeah, I think I that's I agree with you, but I think that's more of a statistical anomaly due to personnel rather than we just can't. We're just poor at contested marking. Chicken and egg. One leads to the other, mm. so we've got to find a way mm. to break that cycle. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 um, yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly, Ken. I think the way we're entering inside four fifty, I, I didn't love, but yeah, yeah. No, I agree, I agree. Yeah, well, boys, we've been waffling on long enough. Mm. Uh, looking forward to next Saturday afternoon. Uh, thank you for joining me on this Easter Monday. I'll get this episode out as soon as I can. Um, any final thoughts from you guys? No, thank you for having us. Um, obviously, uh, yeah, some technical difficulties, so we appreciate your uh, ability to produce the show and pump it out there to our listeners and followers along. Obviously, they know the drill. Um, listen to this on whatever platform or continue to listen to this on whatever platform you are currently listening on. Um, but uh, if you haven't already, we are on the Gram. I think that's our most uh, most used platform there. I think we yeah. might have a Facebook page. I'm not actually too sure because I definitely keep up with all our news uh, and postings uh, on Instagram. So that would be the number one priority. Get on the gram and continue listening on whatever platform you are listening on. Perfect. Well, Kim, Maddie, thank you for joining me. Great to have Kim back as well. Thank you, boys. And until next time, go Dons. <laughs>